What's up, human? Welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline. I'm Amy Rehovchek. More importantly, I'm excited you decided to join us today. I know you've got a ton of options and I appreciate you. This is a show about all the hard and uncomfortable conversations that arise while generating revenue and how to think or rethink what you're doing, why you're doing it, and then of course, how to execute differently. And like I said, I'm happy you decided to come along for the ride. Don't forget to follow the show wherever you listen so you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And do me a favor, friend, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. I'm Amy Rehovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Enjoy. AJ Alonzo, welcome to the Revenue Real Hotline, friend. I appreciate you making time for us today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for for having me. I'm excited to dig into a conversation. So AJ, to get started, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about who you are and and what you do every day? Yeah, so I, I currently head up marketing for Demand Drive. I guess in my day-to-day, what we do is we build SDR teams for our clients. So typically tech companies, they don't have a team. They're struggling to get one built out. They don't have the sort of foundational understanding of of what goes into building a team. So we swoop in, help with the recruiting and retaining of their reps and training them up. So my job every day is promoting that and, and getting companies on board with our sales development methodology and allowing them to to modernize that function in a way that makes that sustainable and not just the classic cold calling factory that you see from boiler room or wolf of wall street tile style stuff um, mm. so that's that's my it's my day-to-day is really helping modernize the the sdr function doing it for our clients and then preaching about it really on linkedin every second that i can and trying to get more people on board well i think the question that everyone is wondering right now is do you give coffee to people that have not closed we you know it's <laughs> funny we we give out a lot of coffee we're actually oh, okay, under construction okay. right now so okay. our cold brew machine is not working, but we used to give out cold brew like it was nothing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pretty embarrassing what I wouldn't have done to get some cold brew right around <laughs> three o'clock. Um, okay. So AJ, you recently wrote a book, I believe. Yeah. So the book is titled Aligning SDR Hiring Expectations with Modern Buyers. Um, so for the past couple of years, I've been I've been digging into some data and stories around what teams really look for traits and skill-wise in hiring an SDR and that shift that we've had over the past like five-ish years from the you know gritty, tenacious, persistent rep to the more thoughtful, um, consultative rep and the skills associated with the reps that we have today that are seeing success. So it's a culmination of a lot of st- uh, surveys and dozens of like interviews with some different sales leaders, all wrapped up into a neat little package about what teams that are succeeding are doing and what they're looking for today and how you as an SDR manager or hiring manager can can shift up some of your own practices. And if you're an SDR out there and you're reading it, like what you should be working on to make sure that you're a viable candidate for any company. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for letting me plug that. But I'm really excited to finally lift that weight off my shoulders of basically two years of working on it. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and check that one right off the list. That must be amazing. (laughs) Aligning SDR hiring practices with modern buyers. I, what, what struck me about the title, AJ, about the book and what I know about you is that the sentiment, buyer sentiment has has shifted drastically mm-hmm. um, in the past 12 months. I don't see a lot of people talking about this particular thing. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. But I guess before we get too deep into it, I, I've found when venturing into 
topics that people come in with a bunch of opinions, experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, beliefs and all that jazz. And so it helps to define some terms and give the other person a little bit of context so that we can make sure sure we're we're operating off of the same page. You with me? Of course. Makes sense. I'm on the same page. So I personally am a little bit biased against the SDR model as someone that was full cycle, right? From the very beginning. Mm -hmm. From a sales enablement perspective, I think there's like when you're splitting apart the role, right, between prospecting and, and you know, the rest of selling, like if I'm just working with an AE that maybe was not responsible for opening up their own leads, then have I really taught them how to sell, right, yeah. at an enterprise level? And so there's that. Right. Um, I'm also, I see how like the abuses that the SDR model has dished out by way of dead yep. bodies, right, <laughs> that oh, we yeah. burn through top performers and underperformers alike. Um, in, in many instances, it creates like a bunch, a lot of dependency. However, I'm willing to concede that this is the way that it is now and that there are instances where the model makes a great deal of sense. Mm-hmm. And somewhere it doesn't. I'll concede that as well. So where are you coming from? What are you, what have your experiences been with, you know, this particular topic and, and then we'll go from there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen it work in cases it should. I've seen it not work in cases where it shouldn't. The idea that like there are companies built product-wise to have an SDR team and there are companies that have a product where you don't need an SDR and it's very transactional and you can rock the full cycle AE role. So, I mean, we've dealt with clients that have done both. I've dealt with companies that have done both. And I think that it's the method, the ideology shift from monkey to thoughtful salesperson that is changing the tune of not every company needs an SDR to every company could use an SDR regardless of where you are. Okay. So one thing I want to push back on, I'm not like, I'm not a big believer in the fact that like, this is this modern way of selling is brand new, right? In fact, there's there's nothing new under the sun. And in many ways, I think that tech has done us a great disservice, right? Because we've got this obscene filter bubble that's a good way to put it. And like tech has a bad habit of trying to like rebrand something and put our name on it and call it like innovation, sales enablement, customer success. Like they had the account management model figured out <laughs> on a pretty exquisite scale everywhere else. But anyway, right. I'm curious about something that you said about when is the SDR a good fit? It's, and you use the transactional sale versus the deeper enterprise sale. And when the enterprise sale, I'm assuming... That what you were implying is that the AEs are too busy to open up their own opportunities. And so explain when you believe that the SDR model makes a good fit. Yeah, I think it's it's a combination of like too busy and, and realistically, some companies have not properly trained AEs to actually do the, the right work associated with penetrating accounts at that level. Mm-hmm. The amount of stakeholders that are needed to, to make a deal happen is higher now than it ever has been. Agreed. And a lot of AEs don't have, in in some cases, the prospecting chops, so to say, to like be able to to navigate that in a way that that I think SDRs are built to do. Like the SDR model is built to be multi-threaded, multi-channel in a way that I have not seen at least traditional account management style like AE roles at these maybe not like full enterprise companies, but like SMB and above too. It's just something I don't I don't see that often. There's almost a reliance on SDRs to do that dirty work and then for the AEs to take the glory. Hmm. Again, very tech thing to do. Okay, so interesting. Interesting. All right. So let's talk problem statements now. Talk. In one sentence or less, what is wrong with the way that SDR programs operate today? 
I think the, the biggest cardinal sin, you would call it, is that there's a myth that more activity equals more revenue and that you can scale up the number of dials or emails sent infinitely based on like the conversion math that you have. Um, whereas that's, I, I just don't think that's the case. Like if you, if you do the math and you do like your backwards waterfall and you can forecast that every 2,500 activities that a rep puts in equals like 10 closed one opportunities, it's not a guarantee that 5,000 activities equals 20 closed one opportunities. It just doesn't scale like that due to the fact that like universes aren't infinite. You know, the, the number of people who are in market for your product isn't high enough for that to be possible. And the total universe of people you can sell to isn't high enough for that to be possible. But a lot of teams operate on that belief and they pump bodies into seats that technically don't need to be filled and then they burn them out. And those people think, well, maybe sales isn't for me. And they, and they look at other career opportunities. I, I think that's like the biggest issue that, that companies have with, with building teams is that they'll put people in seats that don't need to be filled. They'll burn out. The reps will think this isn't for me. And the companies will think, well, the SDR function isn't working. And so they look at alternatives when in reality, you can shrink your team down to a more manageable size give them a little bit more autonomy or, or give them a, a little bit more of wiggle room when it comes to crafting their own campaigns or like building outreach strategies and learning from the conversations that they're having and get a lot more out of that smaller team than just try to stuff an extra amount of extra large amount of reps into a, a hole that it doesn't fit into. Hmm. I think another way to say, at least the beginning part of that is that we're, there's an over-reliance on activity. 100%. And zero connection between like the activity that's put into the results or the effectiveness or the energy that's required to make those results happen. Yes. We, we're allowing our legacy beliefs to impede our ability to move into the future. Yeah. Gosh, there's so many different fun ways to take this. All right. So why do you think that most sales bosses, right? Recall, I differentiate between sales leader and sales boss. Why do you mm. think most sales bosses have settled for so little? It's, I think it's a combination of, if you look at SDR bosses, which I think is a great term for it, not, not leaders, but the bosses, the people who are actually like sitting there managing the teams, it's, it's what they grew up with. Like they were brought up in a system where they're, they're 100% tied to activity metrics as sort of like that main driver of success, because to them, the more activities they put in, the more leads they were able to pass. It was a different time more than likely when they were doing that job. So for them, it's a holdover from what they thought was successful, and they're trying to fit it into the current environment where it, it isn't as successful. And momentum is, is really difficult to stop. If you think this is working because it has worked in the past, it's a lot harder to change that person's mind versus somebody who comes in new, who has not had that experience, who hasn't grown up in that world, to look at the situation and go like, oh, we're actually doing this wrong. We have too many people here. We're not focusing enough on the right things. This is a binary outcome when in reality, it should have a bunch of different options. I think that's like the number one A, if you would call it, of like why this is the case. Uh, and then one B, and this is a bit more of a new thing, but managers don't stay around that long. Like if you look at the tenure of someone who's managing an SDR team in a company, they're in there for like 13 months, 14 months. Yeah. They build the function and then they get out and they do it again somewhere else. And so they're not starting with a strong foundation in a lot of cases. So it's up to them to build the function. So they, again, lean on what they know to start everything. They build it up to a point where it's been successful. But if you want to keep pushing, you have to start thinking about something other than the traditional model that we know. 
And at that point, they're foot's halfway already out the door looking at a different opportunity at a, maybe a bigger company with a higher pay. So they kind of just ditch this this half-built thing and, and move on to something else and then it becomes somebody else's problem. Mm, yeah, I believe tenure is 18 months. And I'm smiling though, because you gave them credit for a successful build out where I would say that they, if it was successful and it was working, they would still be there and they wouldn't leave. Right. I guess a non-sustainable build out, yeah. but definitely like some, some like early indicators of success to the point where they can take it and then try to, to leverage that into a new position, right? If it was a total failure, they wouldn't be able to do that. It would be a situation where it's like, oh, I tried to build this SDR function. It didn't work. Now I have to go find a new job and hope that this track record doesn't follow me versus, oh, look at the, these early success results that I got in the first nine months of building this program. Let me use that, try to get a new job. I'm not saying everyone does it. I'm just saying it's um, it does exist. Yeah, well, that's the system. We, we want lookalikes. And so the system uh, around hiring, as I'm sure you can also speak to, is built this way. And so, you know, I don't begrudge anyone that. And also, I've got a lot of yeah. newfound empathy for the plight of the sales boss. But I do believe that just because you were molested as a child does not mean that you should grow <laughs> up and, and molest children. Um, right. And I'm also reminded, though, about our experience. We have to be careful about our experience, especially the experience that brought us results. Even if the results are, you know, a, an abysmal win rate comparatively, anything lower than 50% is just, there's a lot of Not room for improvement there, friends. And anybody that's saying or sharing differently is, is, is misinformed. But anyway, AJ, so experience, I'm reminded that Sometimes our experience is the very thing that keeps us from being able to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. And it's it's extra hard to walk away from something that we know works, even if what works, air quotes, is a very, very low conversion rate almost at every point on the map than trying something new. But at the same time, like I'm thinking back to this problem statement here on the sales boss side. And one of the things that was the hardest for me when I transitioned to sales enablement after carrying a bag for 10 years was realizing how pervasive the thinking was about sellers. We are not problem solvers. We are selfish, right? Sales don't make good managers. We um, our cogs or we need somebody needs to fix us like all, all that shit. I did not realize how pervasive that thinking was from behind the scenes on our own team. Right. I knew that we're the second least trusted profession out there. Yeah. I totally get that. I would expect it everywhere else. But I would have thought that we would have been safe with our own. Yeah. People who know what it's like, they, they have that peek behind the curtain. And I was very yeah. wrong. Okay. And so when I think about the root cause problem with the current way that we treat our SDRs is the way that we think about our SDRs and believing what is possible. And then I would even add to that, right? A person has to be trying very hard not to look at where the root cause of like productivity and performance actually live today. For example, happiness and autonomy are two massive parts of that. And when you're aspiring to build out a team where you're going to tell everyone what to do down to the day and task, it's not sustainable. What I will say about right now, AJ, about this moment in time is that people are calling bullshit and they're comparing notes. It's great. It's, mm. it's, it's not like about time because I think it has been happening over the past few years where maybe it's not that full, I'm calling out bullshit publicly, but you, I mean, small circles of people within different industries have been realizing like, this isn't the way it should be. Like to your point, we look at the SDR role as like a stepping stone into the AE position. And if that's 
all you think they are, that's all they're ever going to be. But if you can imagine that they are something else and that they can lend their talents elsewhere, uh, I was an SDR at one point in my career. I I moved into marketing and I credit that because of a lot of the skills that I built as an SDR and because the company that I worked for believed that I can make that jump. I could make that jump. A lot of companies don't. They, they look at the SDR role and they're like, listen, either you're going to be an AE here or you're going to find a different job somewhere else. And that that little box that we create for those reps, it isn't sustainable. It, but like people are calling it out now and they're like, that's not the way it should be. There are so many other avenues that this role can go. And we need to start thinking about that. That call out for bullshit, I think now is yeah louder than it ever has been, which is I love it. Sales communities online have been fostering this discussion for like the past year. And I feel like it's hitting that boiling point. And now it's just out. Oh, yeah. It's about to go big time. Um, well said. Well said. All right, AJ, how can people find you and where where can people check out this new book? Um, yeah, so I, I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, AJ Alonzo. I think I'm probably the only AJ Alonzo on there. Uh, and then uh, also demanddrive.com. I've got a bunch of stuff there. And that, that is where the book is under our resources section, aligning SEO hiring practices with modern buyers. That and any other content that I've probably ever produced in my professional career is on there somewhere. Amazing, amazing. And people and your podcast? Yes. Oh, yes. So our, um, we host a podcast. It's called Unsubscribe. It's, um, it's it's to help you get less unsubscribed emails in your inbox as a salesperson. So we um, it's also it's on demanddrive.com slash podcast dash episodes. I didn't want to make it slash unsubscribe because that has a whole host of issues with our email servers. Um, but unsubscribe is the name of the podcast. We bring on sales experts to talk about things they're passionate about things that they know have helped them get less unsubscribed emails in their inbox and level up the profession. So learn from a bunch of different people who have been on the show. Um, You can find that on the website as well. AJ, you rock. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making time for us today, friend. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Had a blast. That wraps another installment of the Revenue Real Hotline. I'd like to thank my guest for being so damn real and for sharing their insights and for, of course, being so much fun. And I'd like to thank you too, listeners. It means the world and I appreciate you. If you have any thoughts or comments or experiences you feel inclined to share, head straight over to revenuereal.com. There's a new join the conversation feature on the right side of the page. I am all damn ears. Final thought, we are introducing a coaching aspect to the show. So anyone who's brave enough to dig into an account strategy or outbound strategy sesh, that's where we kick things off. Please do follow the show wherever you listen to your podcasts so you'll always have the latest episode downloaded. If you want to contact me, I'm at amy at revenuereal.com. If you want to follow me on social, Twitter is amy underscore Rahovchek and LinkedIn is linkedin.com backslash amy Rahovchek. This episode was produced by the fabulous Nian Fiedler. You rock, man, and I appreciate you too, friend. And of course, whatever you do, don't tell anybody about the show. Let's keep it our little secret. Until next time, all, I'm Amy Rahovchek. This is the Revenue Real Hotline. Happy selling. Happy selling.